What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Full predictions, everybody's favorite show of the year. Welcome to Fantasy Football today on Wednesday, September 2nd. It is Draftathon Day. We hope to see you all tonight. More on that a little bit later. But right now, we're going to give you some bold predictions. We're going to give you the Alvin Kamara news. We're going to give you some Leonard Fournette landing spots, destinations. We're going to read your emails and your tweets. And we're going to talk about how to draft in different formats. We are actually doing a half PPR draft. Right now, the best format. Uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, it's at 14 teams, 12 teams, 10 teams, Superflex, PPR, four-point per passing touchdown, six-point, this and that. Who wants to kick off the show with a bold prediction? I'll go. I'll go. All right, Jamie. <laughs> I don't want to have a repeat of what happened before we started. <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Browns will have the eighth duo of players to rush for 1,000 yards when Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt do it. In 2020, that is the a very to do it. bold prediction. The last duo to do it. Yes, Not to go very far. Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. All right, show's over, folks. Going out on a high note. Uh, all right, I like that bold prediction. Okay, you know, it's funny because I actually have it ranked where they're going to go for a thousand yards, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> okay. Good for you. That's how it should be. No. <laughs> Look, we're making inside jokes here. These bold predictions don't have to be reflected in rankings. They are for fun. Let's just have fun, talk some fantasy football here. Uh, all right. So, actually, you know, I was doing this, we're doing this half PPR draft. I was pretty surprised at where Heath had Kareem Hunt. Heath had Kareem Hunt like uh, head, of, head of Todd Gurley. Is that right? Uh, that sounds right. See, that's difficult because these are full PPR rankings. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Because we don't have, right. so yes. But yeah. All right. Uh, so, Heath, give me a bull prediction. Preston Williams will outperform 2020 Devontae Parker and 2019 Devontae Parker as the number one wide receiver as the of the Miami Dolphins. That's pretty good. 2019 Devontae Parker, was, wasn't he like top 10? He was 70 catches for 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. You think Preston so Williams is better than that? Okay. Well, I mean, he is better than Devontae Parker. As a <laughs> rookie, he was outperforming him until he got hurt. So I don't know why he wouldn't be better than him this year. All right. All right. Dave, what's a bold prediction you'd like to share with the group? Five tight ends will have at least 800 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. Wow. Whoa. You know four of them. The fifth one will be Tyler Higby. 
Whoa, man. So in reality, the top four tight end, what did you say? 800 yards and nine touchdowns? At least. The nine touchdowns is, is the hard part. Because Kittle, like Kittle's like five touchdowns. Have I, like that's super. I like it a lot. That's super bold. I don't. Have we ever had a year where four tight ends did that? Nope. This would probably be the first one. That's exciting. We're gonna go to five. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Cool. Good start. Good start. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara here. We have a great excuse to talk about Alvin Kamara, and it's this email. Um, from Andy in New York. Real quick, though, I want to talk about the Draftathon. The Draftathon is tonight. Um, I'm going to ask Jamie to talk about HQ just because I am on the clock in this half PPR league and you probably want me to make a pick. So, Jamie, tell us 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern on HQ. Yes, uh, we will be doing um, the start of our Draftathon mock draft review, which is awesome. You're going to hear from a lot of different analysts throughout the night. But... Uh, we're going to start the draft and, and a lot of them were in this draft. We're going to start the draft coverage in the first two hours. We're going to be joined by a, uh, a, a, a patient who, you know, a child who went through the St. Jude program and, and, you know, seems to be doing okay. You know, I'm going to talk to him. He's a big bills fan. I think he's going to join us at some point on Twitch later in the season. So hopefully he's, he's going to accept that invitation live on the air. Um, we're going to talk to a couple of, uh, of the best handicappers that we have uh, to give you some player props and how that relates to fantasy. So we're going to have some fun with that. And uh, myself, Dave and Heath, uh, similar to the show we did, Adam, a few weeks ago, we're going to give you some draft tips. Uh, so for those of you that are having your drafts this weekend, I think it'll be some helpful conversation there. So draft reviews, some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Um, you know, uh, part of what should be a fun night. Awesome. And then that's 6 to 8 p.m. on CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports HQ app. If you have the regular CBS app, CBS Sports app, you can watch there. But, you know, I've got HQ, the app on my Roku, for example, and just watch it on TV from 6 to 8. From 8 p.m., really 7.45 p.m. until midnight, twitch.com slash fftoday. Uh, the other thing I want to tell you about is Friday, we'll have a mailbag. I think we're having Chris Harris on as well. But we're going to do some emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, and your Apple podcast questions. So if you'd be kind enough to leave us a five-star review and ask us a question on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, uh, we're going to read those on the air. So here's our excuse to talk about Alvin Kamara. Andy in New York writes this email, $100 donation to St. Jude if you address this on the podcast. In order to quell trade rumors, Kamara said he was recovering from a back epidural and will join the team on Wednesday. Should Kamara drafters be worried about this level of pain management at this stage of the season and i can confirm andy did make a hundred dollar donation so thank you so much to andy all right let's talk about alvin Kamara. epidural on his back a little unusual to see that i guess from a from an nfl running back um what do you what are your levels of concern here i actually reached out to two friends of mine who are doctors one of them is an anesthesiologist and uh both of them said that this is just it, it shouldn't be that serious of an issue Kamara's probably dealing with some back pain and he's just taking a shot to not have any pain for the next nine months can we talk about the anesthesiologist thing no no oh, fine all right fine okay so is anybody concerned enough to say he should not be a top four pick I mean, I had the fourth pick in this draft that you're referencing, and I took him at four without hesitation. Um, I wasn't planning on targeting Latavius Murray, but in round eight, he was the best player on the board. So I took Latavius Murray. So, you know, I, I feel a little bit more secure about that, but I, I'm, I'm not worried about Kamara at four. I think if you are, you take Dalvin Cook, and, you know, you deal with that risk, but or, or you go the safe route and take Michael Thomas in PPR or, or even half PPR. 
But if you're going to take a running back, I think still Kamara has the highest ceiling. Okay. And anything to add, Heath, or shall we move on? Shall. All right, we shall move on. We shall tell you about something that's totally awesome, completely free, and we'll save you money. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field that taunts us at checkout. Thanks to Honey, though, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. You don't have to lift a finger to save money. You just go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. Then you install it, which takes just a few seconds. And then what happens after that? You save money when you shop, okay? So you go to your favorite websites, you buy clothes, you buy uh, sports memorabilia, maybe that was the case for me, pet food all the time for me, other food items, takeout, whatever it is. And then at checkout, Honey pops up, looks for coupons, applies the best promo code, and saves you money. And it supports over 30,000 stores online. So like I said, I saved 10% on sports memorabilia. I saved, oh, I don't know, about $5 or so on takeout recently. Uh, I bought headphones. These ones I'm wearing here, I saved like a few bucks on those. It doesn't have to be a huge savings every time, but it's, why not? Why not save money, right? And there's no effort. It's just a great way and a quick way to uh, save a few bucks. So give it a try, right? If you don't have Honey already, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free. It installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and you'll be supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash FFT. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. We have more news and notes. Any inkling on where Leonard Fournette might be going? I saw something on Twitter that the Bills and Patriots are kicking the tires on them. I did see that the Patriots sort of denied <laughs> their interest. Yeah. For what that's worth. Would be so hysterical. Yeah. I, I'm... I mean, look, you got Sony Michelle banged up. Damien Harris has missed two days of practice. Um, you know, Rex Burkhead, we know, is not a, a featured guy. So I think it's smart for a team to bring him in. I mean, look, he's going to cost you nothing. Well, Jamie, as we sit here on Wednesday afternoon, is there any player that you are hesitant to draft because you think Leonard Fournette's going to screw things up? I mean, I guess the one that would probably make me nervous just because and it's not just Fournette. It's also, you know, Devontae Freeman is, is Miles Sanders just because their backfield depth is so poor behind the top two guys. Right. So you have two players that are just, you know, coming off of, heavy workloads and in Fournette's case, you know, a, a top former top five overall pick in the NFL draft. Why wouldn't you bring him in? Like, why wouldn't you try and, and see if there's something there, if his mindset's right. And he, you know, can come in understanding that he's not going to be the featured guy. That's how teams win, you know? So it, I don't think he's going to come in and ruin a locker room. I, you know, I know there's been some history in Jacksonville, but um, you know, he's been humbled clearly. So I, I think there's, there's an opportunity for him to sort of resurrect himself in the right spot and, you know, any team that has a, a winning culture should try and see if they, you know, at least bring him in for a workout and see what he has. He, he hasn't spoken in a while. I'm going to give you the next few news items. Here we go. A.J. Green, as of yesterday, was still limited with a hamstring injury. That's not great. I still think, like, it's hard for me to move him too much because there are very few players behind him who I could make the argument have more upside. Uh, but he is a mid-range number three wide receiver. It's really a boomer bust guy, and I'd, I'd really like to feel good about my two, top two receivers if I'm going to draft him. Does anybody have Boyd ahead of him? Maybe you both no. do. I don't know. No. I 
I think I just like I just moved them today, and I have them back to back. I think in PPR, I did put Boyd one spot higher. Yeah, nope. I mean, I I fight with it all the time. I have Green. I have them. They're back to back for me too, um, and I have Green ahead just on the upside because you know what he's done. You know what he could potentially do. If Green is right, he's gonna destroy Boyd. Yeah. Would you all take Marquise Brown over AJ Green? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Would you take Will Fuller over AJ Green? No. Yes. No. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Bruce Arians said he'll play it by ear when asked about Rob Gronkowski's week one snaps. This is just getting worse and worse, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that like when he was signed, we were all like kind of excited about Gronk. We didn't put him in the top five or anything, but like I feel like camp has just not gone his way. Yeah. So, yeah, do you think, though, that it could end up being kind of an overreaction? Like, maybe he doesn't need to play that many snaps if he's in there on the red zone and it's just, like, getting, I don't know, the high-value targets, which I know yeah, is more I, of a running back I term. Think the thing is, he's, like, sixth or seventh at tight end in our ADP, and he has a late sixth-round ADP. So, like, we've been saying, if you draft him as a low-end starter, well, there's nothing certain with any of the low-end starters. So I think that's fine, and you might be right. He might work in that regard. Just people need to make sure that they're not drafting based on his name as a like surefire starter. That's the problem. hundred percent. Do you remember what happened last night in the <laughs> podcast league draft? No. Right before I drafted Rob Gronkowski. Uh, you lost Noah Fant. I did. And then I lost my mind and I used a lot of four letter words. Well, the same one just over and over again. Um, I did not want to have to go to Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Green Bay rookie linebacker. But who else was available though? Not Noah Fant. TJ Hawkinson. We took Herndon late. I would take Herndon over Gronk. Yeah, I don't know. That's Who would do that? Who would take Herndon over Gronk? Not me. I would not, but they're in the like the exact same. I wouldn't have a preference. I'd just wait another round and take the one that was left. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. So Green Bay starting potential starting linebacker. Kamal Martin is out at least six weeks with a torn meniscus. Jason Peters is not going to play left tackle for the Eagles. Doug Peterson said Peters has been great at right guard, which might be true or might just be their way of painting a brighter picture because Peters reportedly wanted more money to play left tackle. Um, there you look, safety Will Parks for the Eagles. He's out multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. Here's what Anthony Lynn said about quarterback Tyrod Taylor. Quote, right now, Tyrod Taylor is our starter. Until someone steps up and shows that they can run this team, that's the way we're going into it. Tyrod Taylor is our starter. Uh, Jamie, what's your interpretation of that? Let's go, baby. I mean, he's he's giving, he's going to give them their best chance to win. I don't know if you've been watching Hard Knocks. Uh, uh, I didn't get all the way through the episode on Tuesday night, but the part that I saw with Justin Herbert was, and Anthony Lynn, I, I think he's refreshing because I do think he's, he's a pretty honest and forthcoming coach. And he was saying, you know, we're trying to make him uncomfortable. He's struggling right now, but it's how he comes through. That is what we want to see, you know. And so they've been throwing different packages at him. And, um, you know, he's he's not going to face a pass rush as good as what he's facing. Who are, I'm sorry. Are you talking about Taylor or, or? I'm talking about Herbert. Herbert. And okay. so Herbert's just not ready. And mm-hmm. so, you know, why would you put him out there if he's not ready? So this is what we expected. We expected it to be. Uh, uh, Tarad from the start and how far he goes is going to determine how good of a fantasy quarterback he is. I think I told you this, that, you know, Pete Prisco told me uh, while you drink your water. I just drank. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I I, I was anticipating (laughs) Um, that Pete spoke to somebody in the Chargers organization and said that they're running a lot of uh, Baltimore packages. 
So we could see, you know, pretty hefty wow. uh, rushing total for for Tyrod, Tyrod, excuse me. And you know, given what just happened to them with Mike Williams going down, and who knows how long he's going to be out, like why wouldn't you want to try and 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 feature that? And and the only thing for me that I took away from it, from a maybe rankings adjustment, is if that's the case, Hunter Henry could be an absolute monster in this system if that's the type of. Uh, uh, packages they're going to run because again, Williams down Keenan Allen. I think he's going to be okay. I, I know, uh, uh, I, I don't remember which version of the show we're doing, but, um, if, if the bold prediction of, of Keenan Allen, oh, no, that, was the, that was the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, in any event, uh, I think we could see a, a scenario here of Allen being good, not great. Uh, but Hunter Henry really benefiting if that's the case. And Dave, you got auto picked if you want to back it up. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure who like which high end quarterback has a tough week one matchup. I don't know if it really exists, but um, Tyrod Taylor could be, you know, against the Bengals could be great. And he rushed for 600 yards, two straight seasons in Buffalo. So this guy on a, in a four point per passing touchdown league on a per game basis in both 2015 and 16, I have him as top 10, 8th and ninth per game in 4-point, 13th and 14th per game in 6-point. So and, keep and it in mind. And it's not just week one. He goes Bengals, Chiefs, Panthers. Like, mm. he's probably a top 10 quarterback after three weeks. Mm, wow. All right, let's get through the rest of the news and notes here, and then we'll talk about how to draft in different formats. Uh, Chris Herndon and Denzel Mims return to practice for the Jets. Uh, Van Jefferson is expected to be the Rams' number three wide receiver. I'm I'm so fascinated by what the Rams are going to do because yeah, like I know Dave's all in on Tyler Higby and I get it, but it's you know uh, I spoke to uh, Jordan Rodriguez of the Athletic and she's fantastic if you're looking for Rams coverage. Um, she you know sprinkles in some fantasy talk whenever uh, she gets an opportunity to in her in her writing, um, and you know she said that it, it's going to be you know uh, that third that third person tight end receiver, whoever it's going to be Jefferson or Higby has a chance to be really special. And they are doing everything they can to get Jefferson ready. Uh, they're lining him up in practice purposely uh, opposite Jalen Ramsey and making him work against Ramsey as much as possible. And now Cooper cup has been banged up with this ankle injury. So he's getting a ton of reps. He's legit. And I know he had some question at the beginning of the draft, excuse me, following the NFL draft. Is it going to be Van Jefferson or Josh Reynolds? That's not a case anymore. Jefferson is clearly the guy. Um, you know, there's a, there's an opportunity there without Brandon cooks. So if Jefferson is legit, Higby's going to have a hard time reaching a ceiling. And if Higby is as good as he was last year, it's going to be hard for, for Jefferson to maybe have this, this rookie you know, performance that maybe some people are hoping for. But I think he's an absolute uh, late-round flyer. Like I took him, uh, uh, Todd and I, Todd um, is the person I share the podcast league team with. We took him with our last pick in a 14-round, 14 14-team 14 draft. It was, uh, it was, I was happy to get him in that type of, uh, that type of um, format. Do you think they're rushing him because Cup's injury is no. worse than they're saying? No, I think you know McVeigh's addressed it time and time again, and I don't think it's it's serious. So did Cup, so I don't think it's okay. Well, I hope not. Uh, Robert Tanyan expected to begin the season ahead of Jay Sternberger as Green Bay's pass catching tight end, according to the Athletic. Not necessarily fantasy relevant, uh, but in dynasty leagues, not good for Sternberger. Kenyon Drake close to returning to full practice, and Tyrell Williams is out for the season. Heath, does that benefit anyone in particular on the Raiders? 
I mean, it benefits everyone to a, a a small degree. I think that like the most fantasy relevant pass catcher is still going to be Darren Waller, and this is one less person that he has to beat out to get over 100 targets again. I think he has a pretty good shot at doing that. Not quite as many as he had last year. Ruggs is the only wide receiver I'm really drafting in the first 12 to 13 rounds, but this, and Jamie said this on HQ today, like this means Brian Edwards is almost certainly going to be a starter, so... That's that's good for him. I just don't like somebody that's pigeonholed into the outside big receiver role with Derek Carr. You pretty much have to do what Tyrell did last year, which was catch a touchdown every game with 50 yards to be relevant. He was not a big target getter. He never had more than seven. The last four weeks of the season, Williams had either three or four targets, something like that, each, each week. So not like a big vacancy of targets here. All right, let's get into it. Uh, before we talk about the formats, a big shout out to Rob Mack from Michigan. Rob wanted to enter our podcast league. His submission came, though, after we did the, or the day of the draft, basically. So I didn't get him in. But Rob works for the public health department. He wanted to give a shout out to his colleagues. They're working really hard on the public health side of COVID. And I want to give a shout out to them as well. And just a thank you to everyone. And he says they've been working seven days a week, night and day, since COVID started to keep pressing on. That's his colleagues in the public health departments around the world. So thank you to everybody out there, whether you're in the public health department, whether you're in a hospital, whether you're a first responder, whatever it is, we thank you so much for everything you've done. It's been a very trying year. Our email of the day comes from Nick in Chicago. Can you guys do half PPR rankings or highlight a list of players and where they rank in half PPR? Like where's Austin Eckler in half PPR? I'm drafting him 12th um, so does he go before that and have PPR? So basically let's talk, let's start new formats, different formats that we don't always talk about. And how does your strategy change in half PPR? And who are some players whose value changes quite a bit? If people are drafting on CBS, they won't get half PPR rankings. What do they need to know? Dave? I think they need to know that I mean, it is what it is. You're not getting the full point for a catch like you would for a full PPR league. So certain players that are more volume based, whether we're talking about running backs like James White and Tariq Cohen or wide receivers like Jarvis Landry and Julian Edelman, they're not going to be as valuable. And I, I, I definitely sometimes find myself going back and forth between my non PPR rankings and my full PPR rankings when I'm doing a half PPR draft. I, I almost think, and, I, and I've said the opposite before, so maybe I'm not the best person to ask about this, but maybe we're at a point now where non-PPR rankings are probably the better way to go when you're when you're drafting in a half PPR league because now we're not overvaluing those players that are, you know, expected to get a ton of catches but not a ton of yards and touchdowns. Anyone want to follow up on that? Are are you more likely to go running back, running back in, in half PPR than you are in full PPR? Um, because I think certainly in non PPR you're more likely to take two running backs early. What about in half PPR, Heath? I, like the main thing for me is I feel like Tariq Cohen, James White, probably Gibson as well, if he could get to their level, like those type of guys, I don't draft in non PPR, and I think they're undervalued in full PPR. And I just feel a little wishy washy. Like those are the guys that I feel like lose the most going from PPR to half PPR. Jamie? Oh, oh Dave? Yeah, sorry. I was just going to follow up with Heath. How do you feel about guys like the receivers I mentioned, like Landry and Edelman? Yeah, I mean, similar. Right. Okay. I don't value those guys as much clearly as I would in PPR. I think that's probably obvious. But I, I would, to, to your point, Adam, I, I would lean still more toward the running backs than receivers if it's close. So unless you're talking about like, 
Jameson Crowder obviously is another guy that, you know, benefits in any sort of PPR value. Um, you know, so even in, even in half, so like he gets, he gets a bump, but I think, you know, you, you just look at the, the high volume running backs are still going to be very important. Um, and, and the hope would be the, the guys like the Josh Jacobs, the Joe Mixons, those, those guys that you're looking at the top that, you know, we're hoping to be 40 catch guys. Um, they, they, you know, they, they, they still stay in that range that I would, you know, look at them in non PPR more so than full PPR. Okay. Where does Michael Thomas go in, in full PPR? I think we're, people are very comfortable taking him fifth. What about in half PPR? I'm taking it at the same place, but I don't like, I think if you're taking Clyde ahead of Michael Thomas, you're taking Dalvin cooks that pumps him down to seven in PPR for most people besides me on this podcast. Um, I don't know though that like, I'm still taking him at six or five. I think the only other receiver after those guys that has a super high catch potential is Eckler. And so he, and and we've talked about Eckler not coming near 90 catches, whatever he had last year. He's probably going to be closer to 60, which is still going to be better than maybe Miles Sanders, better than Joe Mixon, definitely better than Derrick Henry. So I might still take Eckler ahead of Michael Thomas. I would probably couch him at about eighth overall in a half PPR. But like, here's a a good example. Derrick Henry, I have projected to score 37 more fantasy points than Eckler in non-PPR. In full PPR, I have Eckler scoring 16 more fantasy points than Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're back-to-back in half PPR, and Henry has the edge. Right, okay. And in non-PPR, is it just like running backs or king? Yes. For me, in round one, that's how it is. Like I, I think I have Michael Thomas 12th in non-PPR. Okay. It, it obviously crazy. Makes a huge di- that makes a huge difference. Did anybody, by the way, end up with Devontae Adams ahead of Michael Thomas in non-PPR? No. Nope. No. Kept Michael Thomas one. Okay. So, um, other formats. Let's talk about, like, three three receivers versus two receivers. Uh, We did a draft last night with only two wide receivers and a flex, of course. But, Heath, how much do things change for you when you need to start three receivers and there's also a flex? Yeah, I mean, like for me in a full PPR league where you're starting three wide receivers in a flex, that makes wide receivers and running backs, um, that's the equalizer. They are like, because you're talking about a situation where replacement level at running back might be 28 to 30 running backs and replacement level at wide receivers like 42 to 45 wide receivers. And so that like, that makes the replacement cost much closer. And the fact that those wide receivers are also going to score more points than running backs so I think that's like, for me, it's not what happens when you have three wide receivers because almost all of our leagues do. It's what happens when you only have two. And that's the point where I'm like, well, I'm just going to take a bunch of running backs then. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a reason, however many years ago, people started playing PPR and started playing three wide receiver leagues because they wanted to elevate wide receivers value to be closer to running backs. Right. Right. That makes sense. And I went pretty running back heavy in our draft last night, um, which was only two wide receivers and a flex, two running backs, two wide receivers and a flex. And I missed those leagues, quite frankly. I, I wish all of our leagues basically weren't uh, three wide receivers, but I guess it's sign it's of the time. Most people play though. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Maybe 60%. I'm not sure. I would love, I would love to know. That'd be I, most. 
So yeah, well, but it's not pro- like, like it's not like the, that we should ignore leagues that don't do that. You know, no, but I think we can explain like why we think it's better to have more starting lineup spots because like the most frustrating thing is when you've got yeah. three wide receivers ranked between 20 and 25 or 20 and 30 on your team. And you inevitably choose the wrong one every week. I, right. What, what I would yeah. prefer, honestly, is if we did just, you know, two flexes, two flexes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. we need a standard. We but, need to make that the standard, but then, we're, but then we're letting people start four running backs. So, yeah. Right. Well, if you were but doing in PPR that, in PPR, you're not going to get, you know, four right. stud pass catching running backs, you know, so then, you know, make, make people make that decision, you know, Preston Williams versus Latavius Murray, who you can start in your second flex. You know, well, so. couldn't you also, if, if you wanted to do two running backs and two wide receivers and two flexes, why not do tiered PPR where you can do running backs with half PPR and receivers and tight ends with full PPR. And that gives the advantage right sure. back to the wide receivers. I think the only thing is, is like, you know, we, we want to make things more complicated. I don't think a lot of people want to make things more complicated. I think a lot of people like to just look at the box yeah. score or the ticker and say, that guy's got me 20 points. I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, so so if you're playing in a full PPR league with two running backs, two wide receivers, and two flex options, you think that greatly favors running backs? In non-PPR? No, full PPR. In full PPR? No, I don't think it, it, it favors running backs at all. I think it's, right. it's I think you're gonna end up seeing what you probably would people would like to see, which is to play one of each. You know, well, so, I, yeah, I mean. I'm sorry. Um, I was. I'm only referencing like we had our half PPR auction that was set up just that way, except it wasn't. It was half PPR, mm-hmm. and like great wide receivers were going for six bucks. Is that just the depth of the position? Well, when you only have, if you only have to start two of them, yeah, I think so. Uh, there is to to me at least a pretty big difference in my mind: half PPR versus full PPR. You know, which both directions though. Yeah, I just same. it makes me want running backs more as a as a flex, I guess, or at least it makes me want better running backs. Um, if I'm in a full PPR league that starts three receivers, whatever, uh, I can get by with an okay RB two. If in a, in a half PPR league, RB two is much more valuable, much more important to me, much more of a priority. Would you guys agree with that? Yep. I think that that's yeah, yeah. But that's if you build your team with a lot of receivers and one running back early on. And you just accept the fact that, all right, I'll struggle a little bit at my second running back spot, but look at these amazing receivers that I have. But that's much easier to do in full PPR than half PPR, right? I mean, I think it's easier to do almost regardless of format. More palatable, though, I mean, in in full PPR. Because because PPR boosts up everybody. But, you know, for all the running backs, it boosts up. It boosts up wide receivers more than running backs because they catch more I mean, that's what I... It boosts up everybody. You feel a lot better about you know, I don't know. No, well, no, I think of anybody, I, you don't, like the, the, the receivers that can get you five for 50 or five for 60 each week. It boosts up wide receiver. It boosts up wide receivers first and foremost. Right. So yeah. Ronald Jones, Dave, let's talk about Ronald Jones. Right. I'm much happier with him in a half PPR league than obviously in a non PPR league, then half, then full. That makes sense. Yep. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, in a half PPR league, RB2 just becomes more of a priority than in a full PPR league. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. That's kind of an Acer fantasy tip, so we don't have to keep expanding on that. Let's do 10-team uh, leagues versus 14-team leagues and or versus 12-team leagues. Let's start with 10-team uh, leagues. And, um, Jamie, what, what changes for you in a 10-team league? 
I'd like to have as many top tier guys as I possibly can from the standpoint of like, I, I would not be hesitant to go earlier on quarterback and certainly try and prioritize Kelsey and Kittle and maybe even Andrews, the, the first two in the, in the second round and, and Andrews in the third, because you're going to find so many good players at running back and wide receiver in the middle to the end of the draft that you wouldn't normally have in a 12 team league or larger. So uh, for example, um, I had a, a buddy of mine who was picking second in a 10 team PPR league. And he's like a lot of us would probably say, you know, wait on quarterback, wait on tight end. And he's like, you know, the, the, the way my league drafts and the, the way I've been doing some mock drafts, I'm seeing Kittle and Mahomes and Jackson when it gets back to me in round two. And I said, okay, well, take two of those guys, you know, if you can in rounds two and three, uh, Kittle first, and then see if one, if the, one of the quarterbacks get back to you, because I don't think anybody's taking both quarterbacks right after you pick. So he, um, he, uh, you know, was, was certainly intrigued by that. And that's how I would, I would play it like that. You know, I would take Kittle, uh, because I think that's a good spot for him. And then I would, I would take a chance in the third round on Mahomes or Jackson, if they're sitting there. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and in a 14-team league, do you take the opposite approach? Do you try to have more balance on your roster? Or like wait on the deep, you know, quarterback being so deep, tight end being fairly deep, like do you just wait on those positions? You're more likely to do that in a 14-team league? I think you wait on one. I don't know if you want to wait on both. Right. You know, just because it, you, you could end up in a little bit of a tough spot. Mm-hmm. So in, in our draft, I don't know how you guys played it. I really haven't looked at your teams in the, in the podcast league. But um, Todd and I, we, we took Dak Prescott in round five, and that's not something I do very often. So we took Dak and then we took Gusecki, you know, so um, I was thrilled with that uh, combination and we took a second tight end, Chris Herndon. So, you know, I feel like I'm covered. I feel like we're covered at those two spots with an elite level quarterback and then two tight ends, I think that have tremendous upside. So I wouldn't necessarily try and go early on both those spots, but I also wouldn't try and wait on both those spots unless you just happen to fall into some good players because quarterbacks fall. And, and I think uh, if, if I saw the draft room last night, quarterbacks were falling, right? And I think I saw one of Heath's comments, like, did Drew Brees retire? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Brees <laughs> fell, fell really far. I did take, I, I did the same thing though. I think that's actually interesting of not waiting on both tight end and quarterback. Cause I took Kyler Murray and then I took Rob Gronkowski. Dave, how about you? 10 team versus 14 team. It's basically exactly what Jamie said. You want to try and get a couple more superstars at, at the positions that, you wouldn't necessarily prioritize when you're in a smaller league because everybody's going to have a great team if there's only 10 managers or eight managers. Everyone's going to have all-stars. So try and collect as many all-stars as you can, knowing that the depth is going to be there at every single position. I mean, every position will be pretty deep. Running back still the thinnest, but you're still going to be able to get to round seven or eight and see faces that you'll be happy to have mm-hmm. on your team. And, and you don't get that in 14-team leagues. So maybe while you you only pick one of the positions between quarterback and tight end to prioritize in a deep league, maybe you kind of put an extra emphasis on one of running back or wide receiver in those deeper leagues. Maybe you'll start your draft with two running backs, a wide receiver, and a quarterback in a 14-team league, and at least you've got some good pieces in place to build out a roster because the depth is really going to get tested in those formats. Does anybody think about the waiver wire when you draft? In other words, what is the waiver wire going to look like throughout the season? In a 10-team league, it's going to be pretty loaded, probably particularly at quarterback, maybe everything but running back. Heath, um, in a 14-team league, it's especially at running back, it's going to be really tough. Do you think about that when you draft? Well, I think it's a good case for taking more boom-bust players in a 10-team league and 
focusing on floor just a little bit more in a 14 team league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's not going to be much on that's one of the problems with a 10 team league is it's, you don't, you can draft pretty bad and still get good players most weeks off the waiver. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you got to start more flexes, right? How many, how many flexes are we going to have in the, for the people league, which by the way, you've seated commissioner responsibility to me with, I am changing nothing. Okay. So whatever, Mm -hmm. like, I, if I remember correctly, it was two flexes and a super flex, it and it was point half a point per first down. Oh, um, gosh. So it's going to be awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, we did the 14-team podcast league last night. I don't know if you guys tried anything different. I did because I, this is what I'm getting at. You know, in these 14-team leagues and obviously deeper... I really like kind of hate my team right now, but I'm built for the long haul because I know... It, it running back is impossible to find throughout the year, especially this is a fab league. So if one good one pops up, you know, on waivers, if there's an injury or something, there's going to be such aggressive bidding. So I wanted to put myself in a position where I had some, some, I, I drafted five running backs for like my first seven picks or something like that in a 14 team league. So my number, my wide receiver two is Darius Slayton. I obviously am weak there. Um, so that was a priority for me because I'm sick and tired. Last year, I had great wide receivers, crappy running backs, didn't make the playoffs. So I'm tired of not being able to find anything. If you have good running backs in a deep league, you can trade them. They have great trade value. So I wanted to give it a shot. We'll see how it works. It's a bit experimental. I don't know. Did any of you try anything in this 14-team league that uh, might benefit our listeners? Uh, I mean, you know... I don't usually share teams, so you know it's probably not the best example because I was trying to make the experience fun for my co-manager in in, in Todd Rones. So I, I mean, I'll give you just something in terms of player versus player. I I haven't drafted Odell Beckham at all, and we had a conversation of Beckham versus Amari Cooper versus Terry McLaurin. I drafted a lot of McLaurin, and, and I think the ceiling might be a little bit higher for him. But if Beckham's Beckham, I mean, you know, he could be just amazing. And so I gave you know, Todd, the, the choice. And he said, let's, you know, take a chance on, on Beckham. Maybe so because it's a 14 team league. And if he hits and he's great, then, you know, he's got league winning upside, but um, you know, other than that, I, I don't know if there was much different, uh, there wasn't a much different approach. Um, but again, it wasn't just me doing the drafting. So I don't know if that's the, again, the best basis mm-hmm. of comparison. We followed your strategy, Adam, where we wanted to get a decent amount of running backs. The bench really doesn't show it, but we did spend a lot of early capital. Our first two picks, we had the back-to-back picks, mm-hmm. and we got we got Mixon and Drake back-to-back at 14-15. We were really, really excited about that. This is a full PPR league, just yeah. so everybody knows. Yep. Right. Um, Singletary was a pick later on, and Damian Harris was a pick later on. And honestly, I would have preferred if we had taken a few more running backs along the way. But we, we decided to fire a couple of fun shots toward the end of the draft when there weren't a lot of good running backs anyway. One of the things that I've been excited to do in, in our drafts and in drafts that, you know, aren't for publication is just take value late. And a uh, couple of examples of that. One is uh, Logan Thomas is a tight end, just in case he ends up doing well week one. Well, that's a guy that we've got on our bench. I don't know if he's got huge sleeper appeal, but it looks like he's the starting tight end for Washington. And, uh, you know, I'm sharing the team, like Jamie's sharing his team. I'm sharing mine with Joey. And Joey wanted Alshon Jeffrey for the exact same reason. Yeah. And I'm not an Alshon fan. I think that's been made pretty clear. But if if we have to wait just a week or two for him to play and Philadelphia doesn't have Jalen Rager and they're falling apart everywhere else, then maybe Alshon is good enough to be at least the number three receiver or a flex 
and getting him with your last pick, you could do worse than that. We had we had the same thing with uh, Mike Williams. Uh, Todd wanted Mike Williams, and you know I, I haven't drafted him very much at all. And he said, you know, hey, look, if he if he plays by week two or you know come October, he could be you know sure a, a flex or a fourth receiver in in a format like this. Do you remember so, yeah. what round that was? Uh, I know we took Van Jefferson last. I think it was uh, the 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 second to last round. Perfect. And I, I made so, a mistake. I took Chris Herndon in a, in a different draft. I didn't I didn't take Herndon in this league. So I just took Kaseki at tight end. So I apologize. Right. But. And if Williams doesn't pan out in the first couple of weeks, you're going to dump him. He'll probably be the most dumpable player you've got on your bench, and you'll find somebody else. Yeah, him, or, him or Jefferson. But the, I mean, you, again, you have to take some swings. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jeffrey falls in that category. I think Williams falls in that category. You know, I mean, you've seen these guys. You know, certainly as recently as last year for Williams, and we know what Jeffrey and and Wentz mean to each other. So those are the type of guys that they may seem icky, but you know their roles in their offense could be decent. Um, but it's more so you take these chances in either when you have more rounds or more players that you're competing against. And so those are the type of moves you have to make. Uh, but to illustrate you know, my point about why I took running backs, we did the draft last night, it's over. So here are, based on projections, some of the best running backs available. For week one, Adrian Peterson. You could make a case he should be rostered he, here. He should have been drafted for sure. Um, yeah. Lamar Miller, Justin Jackson, Gus Jackson, Edwards, yeah. Cordero Patterson. Maybe he could do something against Detroit. Um, I don't really see. I don't really. I'm, I'm just going to stop there. I mean, Edo Jackson Smith. and Peterson should have been drafted in this league. Wide receiver. We've got, let's see, uh, Greg Ward. This is really not helping my case. These wide receivers suck. D.D. Westbrook, Cole Beasley, Danny Amendola, Josh Reynolds. I mean, I, I, I think it, 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 I promise you, throughout the year, wide receivers will pop up that are right. that are good Every that are going to get you right. ten to twelve points and give you something. You know, if you right. yes, but I, I think there's you know, anytime it's a fourteen team league, there's not going to be great players anywhere. <laughs> you know, unless you have Except just quarterback. Like a three or four man bench. Quarterback, huh? quarterback, I'd say. Right, but even then, I mean, you know. I, Unless he took him, you know, Gardner Minshew may be the best guy on waivers. Philip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor, they're on waivers. I would say Minshew or, Ta- or, or Tyrod. You know, those are going to be the two that most... Minshew, ooh, Minshew is available. How about that? All right. Um, all yeah, right. I, th- I, like, I think the, the counterpoint just uh, that Ben Gretsch would say to what you were saying, Adam, is you're right. Like, there are more wide receivers that are going to pop up that will score you 10 points mm-hmm. for sure. There probably will not be a league-winning wide receiver that pops up on the waiver wire, there's more likely to be a running back. Yeah. But oh, I think yeah. what Ben would have done in this scenario is he would have taken his two, well, he would have taken probably four wide receivers with his first five picks, let's just say, right? I mean, we've seen right. him do that a lot. And then he would have just started throwing a lot of, ca- I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll pull up his team. He would have just started throwing a lot of capital at, at running back, except I know I ruined him twice by taking Antonio Gibson and, and Boston Scott, uh, which I was happy to do. Um, but yeah, like looking at his team, he's got Kamara. Okay. Then I'm going to guess his next four picks were Mike Evans, Juju Smith Schuster, Marquise Brown, and Zach Ertz. Oh, you want me to confirm this? No, I'm, I don't know the draft order, but I mean, I, I can see it. And then okay. he's got Christian Kirk on his bench, Mikael Hardman on his oh bench. Oh my gosh. No he took Christian Kirk over Julian Edelman, oh, which is good because he kept saying that. <laughs> because, Why is that bad? Because Julian, no, because Julian Edelman went 92nd overall in a 14-team full PPR league. He was the best value. He was on the board for way too long. 
Um, but I digress. Okay, so uh, back to the matter at hand. How to draft in different formats. What have we not gotten to? Four point per passing touchdown versus six point per passing touchdown. How much does that change things, Dave? Get the question. I'm sorry. Four point versus six point. Well, it obviously downgrades quarterback even more, and it upgrades those quarterbacks that are going to run and pick up rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns because those are still going to count for six. Yeah. Um, do you take Lamar Jackson ahead of Patrick Mahomes in four point? Yes. Yep. Do you take Lamar Jackson in round two in a four point per passing touchdown league? Nope. You could. You could take him in late round two. In round three? Only in two quarterback leagues. Two quarterback, yeah. <laughs> Good luck getting him in round two. Um, let's do let's do a fun exercise. Uh, mm, I don't know if that's good. Patrick Mahomes, James Connor. Let's just do those two. Okay, Patrick Mahomes or James Connor in different formats. In a 10-team league, Patrick Mahomes or James Connor? Connor. Mahomes. Mahomes. In a 12-team league, Patrick Mahomes or James Connor? Connor. 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 And in a 14-team league, it's Connor? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Four four point per passing touchdown league. Uh, Patrick Mahomes or Tyler Lockett. Lockett. Well, how many teams? Twelve. Lockett. I'd probably still go Mahomes. Mahomes. Dave, six point per passing touchdown league. Mahomes or Lockett. Ooh, I didn't think this would be so tough. No. Oh, you love Lockett. I forgot. Yeah, uh, I do. I think I might have taken Mahomes over Lockett in the draft we just did, though. Okay, so I'm just going to say Mahomes there. Sure. Uh, all right, how about leagues with big play bonuses? Um, do you like? Do you have any advice for those you leagues? You should target players who make big plays. Such as? like, uh, Tyler is, Ty- is Tyreek Hill... Yeah. Better than Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas? No. I mean, like, that's the thing. And these, like, I think we probably are not going to do a good job on something like that because it's entire, like, is it, is 20 yards a big play? Is 30 yards a big play? Is it one point? Is it two points? Is it four points? Is it six? I, I, okay. There's Fair no enough. set standard for that type of league at all. And I kind of despise them. Same. Oh, oh, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I don't really know how Except many. When your guys catch like fifty-yard touchdowns, yeah, it drives me crazy. Any uh, return yard specialists that we need to know about? Nicole Hardman. Yep. Um, what's his name in Harris in New Orleans? Mm-hmm. I uh, he led the league in return yards last year and just does nothing other than that. Is Cordell Patterson going to be returning again for the Bears returning kicks? They'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Well, they're talking about using him as running back. Right, that's why I asked. But like he, he's he so might good. be their solution week one with Montgomery out. Uh, Jakeem Grant. Yep. That's um, a great one. Tyler Lockett gets a little boost. He won't do it full time, but he does it enough to where it helps him a little. Heath, how do you approach a two kicker league? <laughs> <laughs> he quits. He quits the league immediately. <laughs> he leaves. Yeah. Uh, Who's more upset uh, about kickers, you or Jake Seely? Jake Seely. I, think, yeah, I know well, you're asking Heath, but the answer is Jake Seeley. That's his brand. Yeah, Jake is more um, vocal about his uh, discontent. 
All right. So we we, we have the, the draft-a-thon mm-hmm. that he's a part of, and he did the draft with us. And so um, Jake, which I relented on this one in the IDP draft, he said if we were going to play it out, he wouldn't do it unless I, I took kickers out of it. So I did just because I didn't want to deal with the headache. Is that, was that like, come on. Come but on. then in this in this in this draft last year, this uh, for our draft fund, we call it the telethon draft last year. Um, he got into an, uh, a discussion with Bryant McFadden, a former NFL player, two time Super Bowl champion, because Bryant took Greg Zerline, I think, in like round ten, and <laughs> and you know Jake was making fun of him. His head exploded, Bryant. right? And so Jake said he would only play in the league if, or no, he didn't say. It. He said he would like to play in a league where he didn't have to start a kicker. He would just take a zero with that spot. So everybody else could start a kicker. He would take a zero because he's actually won a league doing this. So now he just, in leagues where he has to play a kicker, I think he does this all the time. I know he did it with our draft. He drafted a kicker that he will not uh, will not play. So he just Why? Took any, I don't know. Hey, come on. That's so strange. I love Jake, but that is so weird. Um, hey, I'll take the free points against him. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's really that's strange. I would hate to. I would hate to. You know, need to get into the playoffs, and Jake has to beat this other opponent, and I'm you know, and I need to win my league, and Jake loses by three points because he didn't start a kicker. Like that would be. It's it's not competitive. I don't know. Well, whatever. I'm not trying to insult Jake. I just don't get it. I, why, I don't know why people are so upset about having uh, kickers you know they're kickers are people we like them all right we got to do some bold predictions like if, if here it's, if it's your league like heath can do what he wants to as the commissioner of his league which is fine but if you get invited to a league you yeah know, plays kickers or play a kicker play a kicker big deal <laughs> uh hey but speaking of leagues right uh draft season's here if your league can't make picks in person this year we've partnered with google meet to help you connect with easy to join video calls your entire league can draft face to face from around the world post on your league's message board and ask your commission to set up a meet video call for your draft. A meet link can be created from your commissioner's desktop league homepage or a draft setup page. Players can safely join on their laptop, mobile device, Nest Hub Max, and even cast the meeting to their TV. So good luck in your draft. And this is an awesome way. If you're playing on CBS, we're teaming up with Google Meet. This is a great way for you to get that in-person feel. Time for some bold predictions. First three team names for LaVisca Chenault. Live in LaVisca Loca, LaVisca's Flow, and LaVisca for the Biscuit. Okay, great. Thank you, everybody, for your LaVisca <laughs> Chenault team names. Uh, Heath, give us round two of bold predictions. Round two of bold predictions. Mm-hmm. Man, I, yeah. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't... Uh, no, I had my second one, but then I know I think Jamie's second one is like this. So I'm trying to change it real quick. I'm sorry. Okay, Jamie, you want to go? Yeah, you can use Deshaun Watson. I'll I'll, I'll take his his uh, his guy. Uh, will Fuller, if he plays 16 games, will be a top 15 wide receiver. Top 15. Okay, Will Fuller, top 15. Uh, Heath, Deshaun Watson will set career highs in passing yards, <laughs> passing touchdowns, and fantasy points. Wow, even the dogs like that one, Dave. <laughs> Uh, first of all, if Will Fuller plays 16 games, he'll be like a top 12 receiver and unicorns will exist. <laughs> I, uh, I'll say Ronald Jones gets 1,400 total yards and 10 oh. touchdowns. Speaking of unicorns. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be great. Dave, I'm rooting for that one big time. Uh, who's got more? Dave, you got another one? I got one more. All right. Terod Taylor will connect with Keenan Allen for the second most yardage he's had with a receiver in his career. It's going to be 850 yards with five touchdowns. <laughs> That's not a very productive player. 
Keenan Allen, 8.50 and 5. Heath, round two. It's good news for Austin Eckler. This is round, round three, three for me. Round three. This Sorry. is round three. And uh, I'll say Hayden Hurst will be the number three tight end and score more fantasy points than Austin Hooper ever did in Atlanta. I love it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Jamie? All right, I got to go to radio after this. But uh, my third one will be that Chris Herndon and Blake Jarwin will be this year's Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. So two top five tight ends. Wow. All right. Um, we got some bye, Jamie. We've wait, got wait. some bull predictions. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> we got some bull predictions from the listeners. I meant to I've been trying to look this up for so long, and uh I finally found it. So let me just tell everybody. In 2019, in non-PPR leagues, looking at the top 36 players. In non-PPR, there were 19 running backs. In half-PPR, there were 16 running backs. In full PPR, only 13 running backs were top 36 players. And six of the top seven were, th- were running backs. So it was like running back, running back, running back, crazy running backs, then mostly wide receivers. Wow. So like, like, like this year, maybe it's like the top five or six picks should be running backs, and then we should go crazy on wide receivers. I, that's one way to look at it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but remember how, like, don't forget how bad the round two wide receivers were last year. Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, like, they were terrible last year. But, yeah, only 13 running backs in the top 36 in full PPR compared to 19 running backs in non-PPR. Um, wide receivers in non-PPR, 16 wide receivers were top 36, but only three of the top 15 in non-PPR. Whereas... Um, there were, let's see, six of the top 13 in full PPR were wide receivers. So again, wide receivers, non-PPR, 16 wide receivers were top 36. Half PPR, 19. Full PPR, 20. Um, big, big big difference in terms of scoring. Mm-hmm. Here's what we've got from our listeners. From Andrew Patrick, DJ Moore will be top five PPR this year. Uh, I have it ranked that way. It's not bold. <laughs> I think it's bold, even if you do have it ranked that way. From David Mendelson, CeeDee Lamb will be a borderline number one wide receiver. Now that's, is that bold or is that preposterous? I think it's pretty preposterous. I think it's preposterous too, but I, I've i been moving CeeDee Lamb up in my rankings. I'm starting to get really excited about him. From, you know, I find it interesting that we seem to have erased the concerns about rookie wide receivers. You want to know why it's, it's not all rookie wide receivers, but in the case of lamb and I would say Judy and in the case of a, of a couple of running backs, Chenault. I guess maybe just Edwards, Hilaire and, and maybe Jonathan Taylor and JK Dobbins, like these guys, they were really great prospects coming out. They were really prepared for the next level and they're proving it. And also like not as excited as we get about Chenault or Judy or lamb or rugs or whoever, Nobody has them ranked in the top 36 wide receivers and no one's drafting them in the first seven rounds. So like, it's not like anyone's actually, you do. I might take CD lamb toward the end of round seven in okay. a full PPR and I'm moving Amari Cooper down. Okay. Do you know that the Cowboys website, someone ranked all the receivers from training camp and they put CD lamb number one. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited for his career. I think he's going to be just tremendous. I agree. I'm yeah. so glad I got him in Dynasty. From Jord, Antonio Gibson is this year's Miles Sanders second half breakout. Whew. I, I love Antonio Gibson too. I, I bet he looks a lot like Miles Sanders in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think he could get four to five catches per game? 
Remember, he's not a traditional but Dave, running back. I think for him to be a breakout star in the second half, he's also going to have to get the carries. Right. So something bad would have to happen to Adrian Peterson and maybe even Peyton Barber for that to happen. Like I've said all along, I think I think that his game is going to be catches and what he does as a receiver. And I would put him under 80 carries on the year. Let's rapid fire this from Nick Riley. Nick Chubb, number one fantasy running back. That's bold. I don't think it's going to happen. Wolf, Adam Troutman finishes weeks eight through 16 as tight end eight. I like Troutman, and I don't like the guy in front of him, so maybe. From Tyler, Gallup, top 15 wide receiver. Fant, top four wide, four, type four tight end. Top four tight end. DeAndre Swift, top rookie running back. I like the Gallup one a lot. Yeah, that's the only one I like. AJ Green, top 12 wide receiver, and it's not that bold. I mean, it sort of is, but... It kind of is, right? We got better. We, we can talk about better ones. Yeah. Diggs, top five wide receiver. That's not happening. Zach Moss is going to mirror Miles Sanders' rookie season. That's more likely than Antonio Gibson. You're drafting Moss before Gibson. I think that goes without saying. Ronald Jones still sucks. This shouldn't be bold, but listening to the show, I can't believe the love he's getting. <laughs> A lot of people feel that way because they remember what he did last year and they're not paying attention to what he's done in the last five, six months. Wasn't that bad last year, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but he wasn't getting the opportunities. Heath has outlined this marvelously. Oh, no, I get that, but it's not like he sucked his rookie year. He he didn't suck last year. There were still still, nice of a word for his rookie year. Right. There were still things he sucked at last year. Like he He was really good at certain things as well. Um, I think like the Ronald Jones sucks thing would be week one he whiffs on a on a blitz pickup and then drops a pass. Um, and but even in that case, he's still probably a top thirty running back. I'm gonna call but it. That's a not day. why we're drafting him. I'm gonna call it a day, here, guys. I'm gonna wrap it up. And uh, we are going to talk to everybody on Twitch and HQ tonight for the draftathon. And tomorrow, also on Twitch tomorrow night, but tomorrow we'll have a brand new podcast for you. We're going to do a live mock draft with listeners. For Dave, for Jamie, for Heath, I'm Adam. See you at the Draftathon. Have a good one, everybody.